Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening by way of Zoom was my friend and fellow filmmaker Sam Reed. Uh, the plan was for Sam and I to review or discuss uh, a film called Like Someone in Love. And uh, naturally, the discussion kind of came and went from the film, and we covered a lot of our common ground. So I'm not calling this a film review episode. It's more of just a catch up with Sam. But uh, it was nice to have the film to fall back on and to, to sort of spur on the discussion. So the film in question is called Like Someone in Love, and it was produced in 2013. It was selected to the Cannes International Film Festival. It's a beautiful film. It was Abbas Kirostami's final film. Uh, he's an Iranian director who died just a few years after producing this one. You know, in my opinion, it's a it's a true art art house film. You know, it was made for a budget of just under five million, and it grossed less than ten percent of that at the box office. And that doesn't at all signal its merit, but it definitely gives you a sense that it has a very narrow audience. Um, and it's an art film in the sense where you know the morals, the information, the the sort of things that as a spectator you're looking for just aren't always there, you know. It's confusing in some ways. It's very deeply ironic. It's morally sort of not clear. And, um, you know, the resolution doesn't quite feel like a resolution at all. And those are the sorts of films that uh, I definitely fell in love with years ago when I was studying at the university. And it was nice to sort of jump back into that world with uh, with a fellow, uh, I'm not going to say a fellow cinephile, but to jump back in with a real cinephile. I'm someone who's kind of gotten away from watching these things lately. And uh, I think this was the first step into falling back in love with cinema for myself. Um, you know, Sam's got a lot of things on the go. He's working on a big time documentary about the sex trade. Um, he's also just actually just released a music video that he shot uh, for a, an artist named Kaylee Jade. And the video is called Painless. So I'll link to all that. But you know what? I love talking to this guy. He's got a gigantic movie collection. Anyway, really enjoyed talking to him. Hope you do too. And please check out the film Like Someone in Love. It's on iTunes. And uh, really, yeah, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the North Bank Media Podcast with my friend, Sam Reed. Sure. Oh, nice. I was, little, lo I was looking too dark there. <laughs> little key light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, did you go to film school? Like, did you study film theory or like the practice? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Red Deer College. So I okay. did. Um, I did like their uh, at the time it was like theater, and then you would go into uh, like a another two years of uh, film if you wanted to. So okay. I, I took that. Like, I really only took theater, so I could then go into film. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it was a great program because they would have like a month of just kind of, you know, learning in classes and then they'd nice. be like, okay, here's some cameras Awesome, <laughs> you know, oh. and you'd start shooting. So that's really the way to do it. I did film studies at the U of A, which was, yeah. a lot, which was watching a lot of movies like this for one thing. Right. You know, and then, but no hands on. So I didn't, I learned that in the field kind of after. That's pretty cool. That, that's, uh, Keeves was kind of like that too. Cause he went, okay. he did uh, film studies at the U of A. And, oh, he did. Uh, yeah, he didn't have any uh, like f film school in the classical sense, right? Okay. Um, but like, I mean, after I moved back from Red Deer, we kind of just like hooked up again and started making stuff. So neat. That's kind of how that went. 
Do you know what years he was at the U of A? Oh man, I think I I, I want to say the same time frame as me. Okay. He uh, he might have graduated in like 2012. Okay. Maybe maybe a little a couple more months after me. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. I should talk to him then because I was there 08 to 13. Oh man, you probably I'm were sure. like cross and pass without even knowing it. Right. Without yeah, even I was a different person back then, much more reserved. So I didn't. Didn't, I probably never talked to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a lot of drinking back then. Oh, did so. he? Oh, me, <laughs> yeah. me too. Maybe we uh, met and forgot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's probably what happened. <laughs> oh man. Well, again, Sam, thanks for making the time. This is great. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to talk to a fellow, I guess, filmmaker, film buff, film cinephile. Maybe the word is. There you go. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me back. It's, it was a lot of fun last time, and. Uh, and then I remember we were talking there and then I was like, oh yeah, we should do that. Cause I was looking and I'm like, it's already like the end of April and we were going to try and do it I know. at the beginning. And I'm like, fuck, time just flew by. Oh, it has been. Have you been busy? Yeah, we, we've been uh, still working on that documentary. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, although it's kind of getting to that point where we're almost done like shooting most of it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. nice. And so we're doing the interview cut downs, but then, uh, yeah, I like a, a, a couple of music videos here and there. And then, um some commercial and then we're, we're doing stuff for Nate right now, which has been kind of like consuming all our time in April, but okay. yeah. How, how about yourself? I, you were out on uh you guys were on a music video the yeah, other day. That looks really sick. It was pretty cool, man. We did uh, electric religious is his name. He's a he's yeah. Métis artist, but you know, guitar, it's like rock music, but it was cool, man. We Gabe came out and was gaffing. So we did a lot of uh, fun stuff with the lighting, a lot of red and nice. blue. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know. sweet. Making an empty bar look like a full bar, you know. Yeah, <laughs> those old tricks. <laughs> yeah, that's the you got to do that a lot these days. You do, you do. We did kind of the classic red and blue light with the smoke machine. It's yeah, like you know, it's oh man, it's, it's that classic look, man. Yeah, I uh, we just did one in uh, in March, just like that. It was like, okay. oh, we're we're in an empty warehouse. We have <laughs> uh, we have titan tubes and uh stera tubes and they're <laughs> in the shot sometimes and it's red and it's amber colors right just and lots of smoke right this is cool right <laughs> like yeah yeah this isn't this isn't uh like officially a, a trend that has died out yet no <laughs> we're keeping it going man but yeah those titan tubes are sick oh i love them do you own you own some i I, I don't the the guys rented it from uh from uh, EPR okay. Edmonton production rentals. So sure. they, they rented one or two, I think they had, but I had like these and like Gabe's rented them for me before. They're these like, they're like a Chinese brand, like Yuongo tubes. And it's like you mix, it's really weird. It's a weird name, but you mix like red, green, and blue to get like a tone that you want. And then it's also bicolor. But then I think I fried them on the shoot oh. because <laughs> someone like went to charge them up and i think they plugged it into a voltage on a power cable that wasn't properly set for it so they got fried but then so i was like oh shit so they're stuck on just blue and that was it like (laughs) like, okay so it's so weird yeah but i i i went on uh so it kind of forced me i'm like okay i need to find like alternatives because i wanted to get one for a while but Mm -hmm. i found these these ones online that are really similar to uh okay to to those tubes and like really affordable like 400 bucks a tube so i just bought one and I want. I want to get more though. They're pretty sick. Yeah, I'm seeing now the to have. It's got to be colored light and that that ability. Just like whether they're battery powered or they're poor, they're pretty small, right? Like, yeah. Aperture now makes those bulbs that'll screw into a fixture. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Like, Gabe Gabe got some of those, he right? Did. He did. Yeah. It just, you take control of any room easily. Yeah, 
I, I honestly, like, I was pricing it because they have that eight pack and it mm. comes with the case and it's it charges. You plug the case in, which is really yes. cool. And uh, it's like a thousand bucks for eight of them, which is cheaper than if you buy them individually, eight of them, right? Oh. Plus you get the case. So I don't know, maybe maybe this summer that's something I'll get because they're so handy, I bet. You could oh, put dude. them in like regular fixtures and have control. And they charge when they're in a fixture, apparently. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I know it is amazing. Wow. So yeah, I mean, technology, man, but yeah, I wanted talk to talk all day about that. Well, we could, we could, uh, people <laughs> have already fallen asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, talk to me about that collection of movies behind. Cause I think that's where yeah. this stemmed from is I was aware somehow that you had this, ma- how many in the collection now, by the way? Oh man. Well, blu-ray.com is down for the last week because I've been updating it. So I can't look at my collection. It's been really, really tough week. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think I'm at like 2,513. So 25,013 Blu-rays. I have a couple DVDs kicking around still, probably like 60 or so. Okay. Maybe even a couple more than that. And then uh, I have like 10 laser discs, but those don't get, those don't get much play anymore. So what, what, why, why collect like that? Cause in this digital age when you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. I get asked that a lot whenever sure. people come to the basement and they're like, this is really cool, but why? Right. <laughs> right. Um, I guess for me, it started when I was like 14, I started just kind of get really getting into it. And, uh, you know, that was like the heyday of DVD. So I, I started sure. just buying a lot back then. And then, mm-hmm. uh, um, I just kind of stuck with it all through high school and then eventually HD came out and they had Blu-ray. So I kept buying that and, mm-hmm. And I was always just like, oh, these look so good, you know, and, right. and now they've got 4K out and now I'm like, oh, this looks like fucking amazing, you know, <laughs> especially older movies from film look amazing on them. Cool. And, you know, it's, it's great. And uh, yeah, for me, it, it's that um, I still stream a lot and okay. it's, it's definitely has, you know, having the access to all the streaming stuff these days has definitely like, you know, cur- uh, curbed my purchases. Okay. <laughs> You know, I don't, enthusiasm, I, so to exactly. Speak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't buy as many, like blind buy as many new titles, you okay. know, like, whereas back in the day, if I really wanted to see something I missed in theaters, I might just buy it, mm. but I don't, I don't do that too often anymore just cause you can like something like nomad land, right? Like, sure. oh, I can just see it on Disney plus now. But, right. And then uh, if I like it, I might buy it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, for me, the, it overall, it comes down to like, I just love, uh, owning it. I love the packaging, you know, and, sure. and I guess like there's some people that they still like to put a record on and listen to an album. I guess mm-hmm. it's that kind of idea behind it. And there is something to be said too about the, the quality, you know, um, you can, you know, on a standard Blu-ray, you can get up to like 35 megabytes a second in oh. HD, which is a pretty good, uh, bit rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you, you know, you don't get that dropped frames or pausing that happens on streaming and True. you don't get the artifacting. Although, you know, Netflix and, you know, all these apps are definitely getting, they're getting really good with, even though you're only getting like seven megabytes a second, mm-hmm. it looks pretty good for the most part. Um but there is still like, especially me, I'm a, I'm a huge grain snob. I love uh, <laughs> when I watch old movies and I sure. can see the film grain, you know, nice. like you're watching it right off the negative. And uh, yeah, nothing beats a, a nice 4K scan of an old movie on a Blu-ray disc that uh, is nicely compressed and you can see all the film grain. I just love that. You know, it's very it cool. Just, it looks like you're like rolling uh, the film right through on a projector in your house. And with with uh, Dolby Vision, HDR on 4K, it's 
I can't. I'm like, okay, well, this is like the peak. I don't know right. where you go from here. You... Unless you're putting like, you know, like in Prometheus when uh, at the beginning he's watching Lawrence of Arabia and he's walking right. in the movie. Okay. <laughs> Unless that... you get to that. Well, that is maybe? it, right? That's yeah. the next step because the 2D or the, the projection <laughs> spaces, we've maxed it out. Yeah, now it's honestly. Like it's time to get interactive, I guess, is the next move. For really? sure. You could start doing these like folding TVs and I saw this thing where uh, it's like a little, it rolls out of a box and I'm like, so there's that. But I, in terms of like the quality that you're seeing mm -hmm. of, of the movie, I think we're kind of, we're at that point, especially with HDR. It's, it's just the, there's so many more bits of color in the frame yeah. now and the dynamic range. It's wow. Like you really notice it, um, That's... in the, in the brights and everything. Like okay. it's, you know, it doesn't clip. You know, you can go outside, like you'll see outdoor shots and you can see the clouds beautifully and, mm. and like, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It's how it was meant to be. Yeah. Right? That's, that's how I feel. And like, um, there's a lot of people who are like, well, HDR, like, are you supposed to have Lawrence of Arabia and HDR? And it's like, well, you know, if it, if you think about it, it's, it's just more truer to what was on the film True. at the time. Right. It's just all these SDRs just haven't been able to replicate what's actually on there. As long as you're doing it tastefully, you know, right. You right. can probably push this stuff so far and make something look ridiculous, but isn't that insane? Part, that, yeah, that, it that, is. That the film had that capacity to, to hold all that detail and that it, yeah. digital is now just catching up to, to celluloid. Yeah, and that, that's what's it's great. Things like Ari, it's like now we're we're at that point where it's pretty close. Mm. You know, it's it's really hard to tell the difference. And there's you even see some of those DPs nowadays are um, are are you know replicating the film look with mm. digital really closely. Like uh, the cinematographer on Knives Out. Okay, he's a big uh, he like the, if you watch that movie, especially in 4K or or, or Blu-ray even. Um, mm -hmm. It really looks like you're watching something shot on film because it has that texture and it it has uh you know like when you have a silhouette against a window or something mm -hmm. with film you get that kind of red halo it's the halation mm. and so what that is is uh when the light hits the back uh, i'm gonna screw this up but basically where the light <laughs> hits the where the film rests on in the camera something like that wow. it's the light bouncing back in a huh. certain area i'm probably way off about that but it gives you this little red kind of glow and that's like a characteristic only on on film wow and but he replicated it in digital <laughs> and he even put like i don't know <laughs> and he even put like gate weave in it so it looks wow. like the movie's kind of like a little bit of sh back just and forth a little shake yeah but uh, so it's, 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 yeah, digital is really getting, really getting there. What did you think when you're watching like uh, um, this movie, um, like somebody, someone in love? Yeah, like, like someone, someone in love. I was yep. going to say somebody, but I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a, an early digital. Well, not too early, but it, it was a red. I looked it up in the, oh, the liner notes and it, it said it was shot on the, the red one uh, with the MX. So that's an older one. Yeah, that's and, an old, that's the first red, isn't it? I think so. I think it was like, there was like the red one in right. like 08. And then okay. I think this was like literally just almost like a Mark II kind of thing. You okay. Know? So same kind of idea, but maybe some little adjustments sure. made. I hate to say it, uh, but there were moments in this movie that were like supremely beautiful, like yeah. cinematically or cinematography wise. Yeah. There was other times when I thought it felt a bit overlit in some ways. Like those that so it was supposed to be daylight, but it was pretty hot. 
I yeah. found at times a little artificial, but yeah, man, I, you I mean, could see, you could see that in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Like when it was really hitting Definitely. him, I'm like, yeah, I was noticing that too. And uh, that, uh, oh yeah, they didn't, they didn't put like, you'd think normally you'd put like, you know, like you're seeing on the side of my face, like you mm-hmm. soften this light or something. Definitely soften it up or, that. or use balance. Like it's, if it's sunlight coming through high cloud or whatever you like, that mm-hmm. would not be so, uh, harsh, you know, yeah. but I mean, other than that, man, yeah. There was that yeah. that filmic look for sure. I thought, yeah, a little bit of grain. Did you find that? Yeah, even at first, I was kind of like, "Was this shot on film?" Mm-hmm. Because I like my memory. I was like, "I'm pretty sure this was a digital movie." Because I remember people at the time were kind of hyping how, "Oh, it has that look that you can only get with digital." And then, because mm. I wasn't sure because of the noise, but then I looked it up and it was okay. Um, but it, yeah, that must have just be the 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 noise pattern on the camera at the time, the sensor. But uh, yeah. Do you yeah. do you recall why you decided to buy this movie? And when I you think I it? literally, um, I I love getting Criterion's, mm. and so they're mm. like that brand that just puts out you know these kind of movies and yeah. and uh, all sorts. And uh, um, I think at the time I saw the cover and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then mm. I read the synopsis. I'm like, oh, this sounds like really interesting. The mm-hmm. idea of like an old man, you know, who like basically hires this uh, prostitute, but then like doesn't sleep with her and is almost like grandfatherly. Yes. I'm like, that's interesting. I kind of want to see this movie. So <laughs> I totally blind bought it. That's and, cool. Uh, Worth it. Yeah. Glad you did. Yeah. Because what, what made you choose I, it? Well, I went through, I went through your, well, part of your massive collection. on. <laughs> so it's cool because this is just audio, but for people listening, I can see behind Sam his part of his huge collection, but he's got it yeah. archived on a website where, you can check it out, every, all the titles he owns. And I, I guess I, I threw a few more at you first, I think. Yeah. And you, fair enough, you didn't, you saw, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then, again, something about it grabbed me. It's fairly new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2013 it was released. Uh, I don't really know, but something for sure grabbed me. And then maybe that story yeah. really put it over, hey? It's like, Yeah, totally. I think that's what it was, because that's what it was for me. Like. Mm-hmm. And, and I was glad you chose it because I knew that there was like some really interesting kind of like cinematography in it that we could kind of talk oh. about. And man, like that first uh, sequence, you know, like you were saying in your email after watching it, sure. how it's, and like watching it, I was like, wow, it's literally two shots for like 15 minutes. Unbelievable. And, and it's not like it's just the same person in each shot of the two shots, but there's people go in yes. and they sit down and then they, there's another person that walks in and each shot yeah. is, yeah. especially in that scene, it's like a, a small symphony of, of, because there's the, there's her friend at that table to the camera, right. Yeah. That comes yeah. and goes from her table. And then there's mm-hmm. the three people. And then there's that waiter that makes his way eventually right to her table and starts talking. He actually does that a lot where he, a, a wide shot becomes a close up later on just by the yeah. proximity of the, talent i guess to the camera i thought that was so cool and and this happens i remember this happened the second time i watched it and i think this mm-hmm. is now the third time i've seen it cool and it happened again where when it started on that first shot i was like wait who's the focus of this shot yeah, and i was looking because you're just hearing a voice at? yeah and i'm like wait is there some is it that girl to the right mm-hmm. and then i'm like no mm-hmm. and then I'm like is it this table and mm-hmm. then you're kind of like what's going on and then it, it's the reveal that oh this is like her point of view right that's, you almost don't realize it <laughs> it's her point of view and that serves to i found she was really isolated from the action in a way she seemed sort of well she seems kind of aloof and sort yeah. of despondent and tired throughout the whole thing and i thought 
having her isolated in that close-up added to that as well. Yeah, totally. And all these other people on the other side that aren't really connected, you never see them enter her frame at mm -hmm. all. She's always by herself, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, that's a good point. There's always that, that feeling of kind of like being trapped in isolation for her character in yes. particular through this whole thing. You know, even in the car later on uh, with the boyfriend mm -hmm. and uh, and the other guy, it's like, you know, she's in the back seat. She's not really a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like these two guys up front talking, but she's just in the back. Right. <laughs> and, you know, she can't connect with anyone, you know, and, and uh, mm -hmm. that sequence where she gets in the cab and then you're listening to these voicemails from... Grandma. Um, from Grandma, yeah, and... That scene is so interesting um, because, I don't know, I, I found it like I can't look away mm -hmm. even though it's such a simple setup and there's nothing really happening. It's just someone in the back seat mm -hmm. listening and you're driving around, mm -hmm. you know, with her. But it was, I don't know, there's something so compelling about it that just like always holds my attention for the whole thing. And then you're kind of cutting away and seeing people outside. But mm -hmm. again, she's like behind the glass. Yeah. You can't get, you know, very isolated. And then I was kind of hoping, I'm like, oh, like, oh yeah, she's going to go see the grandma. Is she going to get out? Right. But she doesn't. No. Yeah. Dude, that, I don't, uh, to me, that, that scene was the most emotionally impactful in the whole movie where she's, yeah. so for people that have a wall, I don't know why you listen to this and not have seen the film, but if you did. Go watch it. Go watch it. You got to see this like someone in love. Sam will lend it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to put right. words in your mouth. I don't know. I'll ship my, my uh, Blu-ray to you. There you go. It is on iTunes. I saw it on iTunes. It looked okay. It looked cool. pretty good. Nice. Um, yeah, but she's she's in this cab and she's going to a client's house. She's a call girl, a prostitute. And while she's going, she's listening to these, like you said, voicemails from her grandma saying, you know, I'm in town. I'm at the train station. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And it's like 12 hours this old woman is yeah. calling her and waiting. And then she asked the cab driver to drive by the station. And we see grandma in the middle of the night with her luggage just standing there. And then they drive. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Oh, man. And you're like, it, it's so far away. It's it's right. such, a, such a distant shot, and you ne you can barely make out her face. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of I found myself kind of like almost squinting, I'm right. like, like trying to see like is she crying? Is she upset? Mm -hmm. Or you know, or is say. that her? Yeah, right. and it, it's again, it's like that that distance and the inability for her to kind of reach out to anyone. Totally, she's very she's as far as could be and and not stopping. And then yeah. and then she brings up the little mirror with, and puts the red lipstick on, and that. Seem, right. It's almost like, well, she's, she gave up at that point and she's just going to go do what she has to do now. Yeah. There's so much that isn't answered in this movie that you just have to think about. Like, maybe, like, why is she doing this? What brought her into this world? Why is she doing that? Like, right. You know. This, this is like a pretty typical, not typical, but it's in the mold of like that European art film where they purposely don't give you any of what mm -hmm. you'd want uh, as far as information. Yeah, because why is this girl uh, a prostitute and a university student? Maybe that's a good way to make a living through university, but yeah, but what kind of a person becomes a prostitute? Could you not consider maybe somebody who's missing that family connection, or yeah, you know, had some kind of? What do you make about that isolation of her character? Because like we hear about her grandma and her uncle, but she's she never connects with a family in the film yeah really yeah and then and then interestingly she kind of connects mostly with 
this old man who's hired her mm -hmm. and that you know he's almost like a surrogate grandfather for totally. her in it all throughout it at least as far as we see and and yeah you were even saying in your email something about that um about how you know he kind of maybe that's what's missing in his life too yeah. right is that mm -hmm. he's like recently widowed and mm -hmm. and uh he uh, he's missing that connection. Maybe he never had grandkids or something, right? So he's right. maybe that's really what he's after. There's the, mm -hmm. you know, but like going back to her isolation, it's uh, yeah, it just feels like there's maybe there's expectations on her and who she's supposed to be, and obviously this guy she's seeing kind of is like we need to get married, you know. But he doesn't even seem to like really care what she thinks. <laughs> right. He's kind of like, oh, the family's more important. Than what their opinion is, not really you. Right. So that might be a reason. Maybe that's why she does this, right? Maybe that's why she's reaching uh, into this kind of world is mm. uh, almost as a fuck you to him, in a way. Could be. I wonder T to take some ownership of her, herself, her sexuality, her being, whatever. Right. Yeah. And say it, you know, you can't control me. Right, right. <laughs> right. Because that, there is that scene when the boyfriend, um, Noriaki, I think his name, he comes, yeah. and he's, which that scene is quite funny in a way because he's talking to this old man that he presumes <laughs> is her grandfather and he says, well, I'm as much a grandfather to you as I am to her. And yeah, like, That's he literally hilarious. tells him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, but the guy is just like, oh, yeah, that's really profound. Yeah, wow, this guy. And there, that's what that whole scene is, is that guy just BSing, the old man just bullshitting, and the young yeah. guy being like, holy hell, like this guy is. But that's He's what the. so profound. <laughs> totally. The the young guy is what you're saying. He's like, it, it is about the family and those external uh the family anyway, judgment on him and, and what he he's living his life based on other people's sort of or traditions at least of how he thinks he should be. Right. Right. Every it seems like everyone's kind of living that way that there's all these traditions and yep. expectations and uh um so yeah, yeah. The, the the most interesting character is definitely the old man for me. That's okay. that's the biggest question mark hmm. of like why is this person doing this? What do they want out of this? Right. There's, I yeah. Did you did you find yourself kind of cheering for him, rooting for him, or did you? Yeah, you did, eh? Right. So, I found him just like he's just such a sweet old man that I just like <laughs> instantly had sympathy for him, and I'm like, he's not like using her for like sex or anything like that right. either. Like he seems like he really just wants someone to talk to mm -hmm. and to kind of like give advice to in a weird way. And right. Yeah, and I just like, you know, I just was like, oh yeah, he's. He's a he's a old man. He's wise. He's mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows what's going on, but he really doesn't. Like he's I, kind of that person who's just says, uh, "Oh, um, yeah, it'll all work out." You know, right. nothing bad's gonna happen. Right, and then he but, presumably gets shot or something happens yeah, at the end. I, there. Yeah, it was like a brick or okay. uh, some kind of a rock. Maybe mm -hmm. it was like something got thrown through that window at him. And I was right, just like shit, shit. But, Did that make you jump? Uh. Ah, oh, God damn it. I am so dumb. I read the Wikipedia synopsis as I was going, and then I saw the last line of what was going to happen. I was like, ah. Yeah, so <laughs> right before he, it. Yeah, he's looking out the window. I'm like, well, I, it's ruined. God damn it. Yeah. It should have made yeah. me jump, but that was the whole point. Yeah, because the whole movie's so quiet. It just chugs just... along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. You're like, whoa, shit. <laughs> so, like, I was on board with the old man for a, quite a while, but at some point I found myself thinking, like, how dare this guy? Like yeah. what, what gives him the right? Because fair enough, the boyfriend just kind of forces himself on him 
and then they're then he forces them to drive them somewhere and then takes them to the mechanic shop to fix the car. Yeah. But so I guess the old man never really had a chance to get out until it was too late, but I don't know, is there a moral here or is it just like it he kind of just got tangled up into something that took over? Yeah, it seems like uh I know what you mean. Maybe in a way he's kind of I mean, he the boyfriend's obviously kind of disrespectful to her and mm-hmm. using her but really this guy is too you know yeah. emotionally and you know does he really care about her and what's going to happen it doesn't really seem like it because again he's just kind of like oh it'll be fine like you're mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine don't worry about that like nothing's <laughs> going to happen you know he seems to kind of disregard her kind of worry he does and moreover yeah. he also seems like le- as the movie goes, he sort of is slipping a little bit, right? Like he falls asleep yeah. at the wheel at one point. He, yeah. He parks somewhere where he's not supposed to and has to run back to his car. He <laughs> yeah. almost backs over those kids coming up. Yeah. So what are we supposed to make of that? He's like, he's kind of like this Joe Biden-esque, just de- de- <laughs> decrepit old man in some sense. He's going to trip up the stairs to Air Force <laughs> That's One. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that our hero? You know, I guess in this it is. world, apparently, yes, it is. it is. Yeah, who is the hero? You know, I guess like she is in a way, but you know, she she's very stagnant. She's mm-hmm. kind of trapped and doesn't do too much, and she never really uh, reaches any point of catharsis or anything. She kind of, I feel like everyone at the end of this movie, n- nothing's resolved, and if anything, everything's worse. Actually. You know, obviously this old man, he could be fucking dead. <laughs> he may be. Yeah. He yeah. Hit, he hit the ground pretty hard at the end. <laughs> what you said was great. I wish I could re- repeat it. Maybe you can. Nothing is resolved and maybe everything's worse after this. Yeah. After this takes place. Right. This is. You know, and yeah, go seems ahead. like, like they had some good intentions, mm-hmm. everyone, but just, you know, everyone was lying to everyone. Right. That's, yeah. maybe that's the moral. Yeah, don't fucking lie. <laughs> don't fucking lie. You're going to end up in some combination of dead or prostituting yourself or yeah. I don't know. Dude, I have to say I really thought the acting was quite strong in this movie. Oh, yeah. I was reading that uh, the the old man, this he had been like an extra Oh wow! In a bunch of movies, like only actually not a bunch, like only like a handful over mm. the years, dating back to like the seventies. But this was literally his first speaking role ever. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And to give him, I wonder why. Yeah. Like, well, how did? Well, he he nailed it. I mean, he is. That. I know. Is he that <laughs> old? To me, it looked I like think, makeup. I think you know? he is because okay. I saw some. I thought I saw some red carpet photos on. Okay. Uh, at IMDb of him when I was uh, looking it up and, nice. and he looked the same. I was like, oh, he really is that old. Wow. He, yeah. he, but you know what also got me too was that when we first see the boyfriend uh, mm-hmm. and he comes down and he asks for a light and then he smokes that cigarette and he is like clearly pretty tortured by something. Like he, that guy crushed it, I thought also, especially yeah. at the first part. Like he, you know, and then he comes in and he basically spills his guts to a total stranger about his marriage plans. Yeah, and you, you, I felt a real deep sense of pain out of that. Yeah, like I can't even blame anyone in this movie for anything. I just feel sorry for all of them. I feel like they're all lost and totally. uh, don't know what they're doing. They're all trapped. He's mm-hmm. even his apartment. You know, it seems like 
there it's just like hiding away and there's mm. windows but there's no it doesn't even seem like there's life out there and i don't know that's a good point a lot of the spaces are sort of as if they were just sets on a lot mm-hmm. you know there's like mm-hmm. you don't i mean you see them kind of coming and going a little bit but you're right that apartment though was fun to look at all those yeah. books and that big yeah. window that'll be me one day but with movies <laughs> totally <laughs> Oh my God! And some young girl will come and you know, make soup <laughs> yeah. for her. Yeah, I'll be eighty-five, and it's like I actually don't want sex. I just wanted to talk about this Criterion collection. <laughs> I just uh, have you ever sh- seen Brazil? <laughs> it's really great. I just wanted to show you this new released version of. Yeah, she'd be like, and then she's like, "I'm going to bed." I'm, I'm tired. Like, All right, I'll shut the light off. <laughs> yeah. Holy God! And then you'll just watch it yourself anyway. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so great. <laughs> I the love transfer it. on this. I tell you. <laughs> The 16K resolution. Yeah. They really finally got got it. Right. Your TV is just an entire wall in your house yeah. at that point. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, something to look forward to anyway. That's right. <laughs> in my senile old age. Oh, boy. Um, sure. Actually, when we were talking about isolation there and the, the windows in his apartment, everything, they're always behind glass and trapped mm-hmm in windows and lots of windows and then literally the window gets smashed at the ah, end it's like reality breaks through i like and the it. consequences smash through and and it finally wow. you know it's like all building up to this moment of just like psh, the facade that these people are surrounding themselves with it mm. cracks and it breaks through and it kills people and it, there's consequences great point that mm, is there's even even like the bar at the beginning mm-hmm. there's that window behind her and then that one when he finally like 20 minutes into the movie cuts outside <laughs> right finally and there's that that fucking shot is so good where it's looking at them and you see all three people even the guy outside because of the reflection they're literally on top of each other right it's like her in the center and mm-hmm. then the other girl that she was interacting with right there too mm-hmm. and then there's the reflection of the white uh, shirt on yep. the guy and oh. he's on the phone and i was just like oh my god this shot like yeah. <laughs> if one day i could get like 10 percent of that yes. kind of greatness yes. <laughs> in a shot i would die a happy old man totally in my, I, my I apartment had, <laughs> totally surrounded by a million dvds <laughs> that's right i had that thought i was like if i could even make something 10 percent as good as this movie yeah because this is a phenomenal. This was this guy's last movie, hey, this director. It was. He was. Uh, he only. He made a few. He's Iranian, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It, isn't that interesting? So, because the credits at the beginning are French. Yes. I'm because like, he. I think he lived in France, but he's okay. Iranian. Mm-hmm. But then the movie's Japanese. It's so interesting. Right. I wonder if maybe he used the Japanese culture as a way to to get yeah. at something that's going on here, like with the sort of honor, loyalty, family themes. Totally. Maybe he felt that was the only way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This wouldn't really work in American society no. or, you know, it wouldn't have the same feel because again, it, yeah, like what you were saying there, there's that, that honor and the, the family, mm-hmm. the sense of the, the family that's so important, right? In their culture. Right. So. Yeah. Maybe the, the boyfriend wouldn't treat the old man with such reverence or right. respect if in an American film, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get back to like the productions or like the, I guess the cinematography you mentioned the aspect ratio as being slightly more square than widescreen. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with a sort of constrictive? Feel? I think so. I think, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when you said square, I was like, Oh yeah, because it feels more closed in. Mm-hmm. That's why 
because yeah, one six six is such an interesting aspect ratio. It's it's uh, so like one eight five is kind of like the traditional film aspect ratio mm -hmm. for years, and then but like one seven eight is sixteen by nine. So one eight five very similar to that. Okay, and uh, so one seven eight is like our TVs. Okay, and then one six six is just like these little kind of thin bars on the side. Right, you know, and and maybe that's. Uh, him not wanting to go fully in like a, a pillar box uh, four by three mm -hmm. aspect ratio, right? Right. Uh, but still wanting to kind of have that narrower field of view to kind of make people feel trapped. I agree. I, I like that because then things can stack up vertically in the frame a bit more. Yeah. Like, I thought it really worked for uh, like, w especially when they're in his apartment and it's those singles just looked so good in that yes. ratio. You know, because yes. he could get like their full body in there mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, up to their lap in a, in a decent, like medium close up. Actually, you're right. Because as much as he do, uses those long takes and those, he still does do the cross cutting between close ups in conversation mm -hmm. scenes. And those close ups did look nice because it, it is a bit more, yeah. it's square to me. It's more square than widescreen. Yeah, for sure. That's what I love about, uh, about those kind of ratios where people mm -hmm. go narrower is, is it tends to really frame a close up and it frames people in a really interesting way, especially for a single. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean like that, that's kind of, <laughs> it's become a bigger topic of discussion, I think recently because of the justice league oh. coming out in four by three. Oh, did they? And oh, yeah. Okay. So if you watch uh, Zack Snyder's new cut, okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's like literally the old, uh, one, three, three, aspect ratio wow. so it's like really narrow and he sure. just basically he took the matting off the top and bottom of uh the original widescreen so he didn't crop anything you're seeing actually just more on the top and bottom like kind of like imax okay and uh but yeah i've seen like comparisons online and 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 it does i have to agree it looks better because when you're framing these characters these mm -hmm. superheroes it just they fit in the frame better right and they they really like tend to dominate the frame more whereas with it's this super wide shot mm -hmm. they're in it but then there's all this land around them right that you're kind of you have to frame for hmm. you know so by having that like just that your field of vision just being superman it's like you know makes them really stand out as like strong figures interesting it's a much more We're, heroic aspect ratio in yeah, yeah it's weird right i guess it's it's, it's kind of how you use it really because mm -hmm. here he's using the that as a way to trap people mm -hmm. but you can also use it as a, a way to frame like more for just showing the scale of someone i guess interesting that's yeah. so cool so i remember thinking about a film article i read way back in the day when like at the very beginning of things when they when it was 4-3, like really, like much more square even. Yeah. And like that Joan of Arc, that silent film from oh, the 20s with like Dr Carl oh, yeah. Dreyer. And they like, she's, you know, getting burned on the cross at the stake or whatever. And it's yeah. like tight, tight on like, that's how a face is meant to be framed. I can imagine why oh, they started that way. That yeah. Movie. That movie. I, uh, I think I watched that for the first time, oh, like God. a year, a year ago, or maybe just before COVID. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? Only back in the day when I was studying, yeah, yeah so it's been a while. Yeah, and that's uh, that's got a criterion, and yeah, that looks that, amazing. Damn. That would be a good one to do. But sure. yeah, that's a super super narrow movie, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, the face though, those close ups of her, mm -hmm. yeah, they're like burned into your, my brain. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? that was kind of the that was the effect. Like even ten, twelve years later, I can't forget that shot. Yeah, with the 
with the, the thorns and everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was thinking too, when you were talking about that, about, I was thinking about the Revenant where it's basically the opposite, where he shoots close-ups with a friggin' wide lens and a wide, wide, wide aspect ratio, but the, you know, the camera's in his face basically. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's very similar to like also the way like Terry Gilliam shoots something like mm. um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or mm. Brazil, where he's got those low angled like 10 millimeter lenses sure. and burning it right into Johnny Depp when he's tripping out on all his <laughs> acid and sure. whatever else. And yeah, it, it has that same kind of feel where it's like, uh, I don't know, with The Revenant, it has this claustrophobic feel yep. in a weird way, even though you're seeing so much, but the angle and the way that it's like, you just feel like you're trapped. Yes. You know, he's shooting low on, on Leo and all these mm -hmm. things are sometimes straight down on him and it's like right in there and you're kind of feeling like, even though this world's so big, it's, I feel so trapped in it. And right. It's all like kind of. I can't of, escape. You can't. <laughs> and this guy's pain is just, is almost bigger than the, the yeah. landscape. Yeah. He can't even fit in the frame. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, well, I had something, I lost it. Let's keep going on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like even when you see the boyfriend for the first time when he's speaking through the window to ask mm -hmm. for the light and that he's kind of cut off by the window and the, the top sort of part of the... And it can it persists all the way through to the garage uh, where, where he's fixing the car and man, a couple times in that film you see somebody reflected in the rearview mirror right. while you're seeing out the windshield. And to me, yes, that's great visually, but it's also like... Like I was saying, it's like it's concealing and it's hiding information from characters, right? Like, yeah, he's outside the car fixing the car, and Grandpa and the girl are having a conversation inside the car that he's not privy to, but we're kind of being reminded while being shown as much as you know, like, yeah. And and again, it's like they never go outside of where they are. They're still in right. the car, even right. when that guy is like, "Hey, you were my teacher back in the day." Right. It's like he's separated from him. He never fully like he never goes yeah. and connects with him and that guy is never really fully seen he's kind of half in his car and half yeah. out and the old man's just kind of not really giving him the time of day yeah, either he's, he's like Shh, don't tell him that i was yeah <laughs> quiet i'm lying to this guy <laughs> right <laughs> shut up but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's honestly probably the moment because like she says she's like oh we're screwed now because that guy's gonna tell noriaki who i yeah, yeah that you're not my grandpa yeah yeah she's smart he's just like oh that's fine <laughs> <laughs> totally fine people have two grandparents yeah. or two grandfathers he says yeah yeah and that's so funny because uh i i kind of am like that sometimes too like i remember last year when covid was starting mm -hmm. my girlfriend's like this is not going to be good like they're gonna i'm like oh it's gonna be fine uh what may what will be will be oh good fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, meanwhile i'm trapped in my apartment yeah. i'm just like i can't get out yeah <laughs> buying dvds yeah ah! <laughs> It was a good COVID movie. No one is allowed to leave their cars or their apartment. Totally. A lot of social distancing in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the ultimate social distance movie. It really is. Oh, and That's even the old lady. This. Yeah, exactly. Even the old lady at the end, she doesn't, she's in the window and she Just doesn't her leave. Her face fills that little wooden hole and she's, <laughs> yeah. And, but then something really dark at the end there happens. There's that guy screaming and she's like, oh, yeah. sorry, that's my brother. And she has to go tend to him. Is like, that's your life? Yeah, locked in this that was, prison. That was de that was depressing. It was, and yeah. it, she says to 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 Akiko or the girl, you know, I wanted to marry your grandfather, who's this guy that she thinks is his grand her grandfather, yeah. but he, you know, he I wasn't tall enough or pretty enough, and now I live with my brother, who's obviously mentally 
insane or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is what the film is kind of saying is like, this is your life. If you're not connected, if you don't get that, if you're not lucky enough to have these connections with people. Yeah. You're you're reduced to. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't piss it away and Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, don't take it for granted. And, you know, if only she had gotten the cab to pull over, yeah. And she went to go see her grandmother. Right. I think everything would have been a lot better. Hundred <laughs> percent. That you know that really is it, right? Yeah, that's so true. That was kind of the the uh, ig- the igniting of this whole thing because she never would have gone over there. He'd probably still old man would not be hit in the head with a rock or whatever right. that was. And mm-hmm. yeah, who knows what's going to happen after that? The boyfriend's probably going to go to jail or who knows right. what. And uh, you know what's she going to do? She's I mean, she's screwed. It's probably all going to come out what happened. And mm-hmm. so she's going to have to live with that too. And that you brought up a really interesting point too, mm-hmm. is that um, something about the photos. Right. I, okay, good. I was going to ask you about that because I don't yeah. know. Cause I went for a walk after and I really wrestled with this and I can't make sense of it yet mm-hmm. where she, she goes to the old man's apartment and she sees a, a painting. It's a pretty well-known Japanese right. painting apparently. And she says, Oh, I've been told I look like that girl. And he's like, oh, yes, maybe, you know, kind of <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And then she grabs a photo of his wife and she's like, I think I look like her too. He's like, oh, well, maybe. <laughs> she's like, people always tell me I look like people in pictures and paintings. Yeah. So for one, she's quite like self-absorbed and kind of childish, I think. Yeah. But then later on, uh, the boyfriend has come across this calling card, like this ad for her as a prostitute. And it is her. And I, I yeah. forget, but he's like, someone gave this to me and said, doesn't this look like your girlfriend or whatever? Yeah. And it is her. So what are we supposed to make of that? Right. Right. It was it was uh, the guy at the shop or something was like, isn't this your girlfriend? Right. And doesn't he apologize to him at one part? He's like that big guy with the, he's putting the belt in. Right. And it's like that big guy. That's a great <laughs> so moment when that, that guy, the tight pants and the big fat guy's bent over. Like, yeah, that was, yeah. That was supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, and 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 they set that up well too with the the grandmother at the beginning on the phone being like, "I saw this photo. It looks just like you." If uh, you got right. remember, and she's like, "It looks just like you, but ah, uh, that you know, you look like a lot of people." And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know what 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 is the is there more to that idea of the about the the photographs and identity and. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's you know, even if it's just there to kind of as a setup. Sure. Or as a nice little kind of like, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Something that to kind of just get you thinking about about that and keep that in your mind for them later. But there's got to be there's got to mm-hmm. be more to that maybe i'm just not no smart enough to think about it <laughs> I, I feel the same way that's you know like yeah. there's got to be something there there is something there and it's this really took me back to my days uh studying films like this when things like that would come up like in some mm-hmm. i don't know uh, you name it uh godard antonioni those european guys that were just in the stratosphere of what they were doing and yeah. the shit would happen you're like is that important or is that just them like laughing at us, the viewer trying to play a trick on us? Yeah. I don't know. You I never know, right? It's just know. one of those little like grace notes that they just like kind of, oh, this would uh-huh. be interesting. Right, you right. Know? Let them, let Maybe them there talk is no about no answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let them talk about this for 50 years. Yeah. One day these guys on a podcast will <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> 
If you're enjoying this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And now, back to the conversation. So I don't know, but you make a good point that it is tied to, like, the grandma sets it up saying, I, maybe, it's, it, maybe it is all tied to that childhood, childish naivete or innocence that she could have if she went back to the family. Yeah. And she could be the girl in the storybook or the girl in the painting. But instead, she's the girl on the friggin... Those, did you, you ever been to Vegas when guys stand on the street and they hand yes. those cards out? That's exactly what that card is. Yeah, and they click them like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. So it's like, maybe that's the split. It's like, you could be in that traditional painting. Right. You could be the girl oh, yeah. talking to the parrot, you know? Yeah. Or you could be the, the whore. That's totally it. That's 100% what it is. That's, that's perfect, man. Okay. Yeah. She could... You know, maybe she was this girl. Sure. She was this beautiful painting, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's this like, yeah, this object of desire. That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Interesting. That's really cool. I love that. And the parrot and the the photos. She's like, I always thought the parrot was teaching the child how to talk. Mm. That's what she says. Yes. She's like, because doesn't he say? I think she's teaching the parrot how to talk. And he well, says, yeah, which yeah. is probably the obvious thing. Yeah, but then she's like, I always thought it was the parrot teaching her how to talk. I'm like, ooh, right. So that that is deep. (laughs) Or is she totally? She's an individual. She she does have her own viewpoint. That's one of the few times we get to see it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a way of kind of saying, you know, uh, maybe she's the parrot also in a way, and (laughs) he. Maybe what she's saying by that, what the film is saying is that the old man is just like, oh yeah, she's teaching the parrot how to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, the parrot being this beautiful creature and and her being this, you know, uh, a human. And then, but she's like, I always thought it was the other way around. So basically the old man is actually learning something from her. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you know, I maybe. Would, I could totally yeah. see that. I think that's a fair, because it's in his apartment that they're having this discussion. Yeah. It's almost like that's where the power this, there is like a power switch that seems to happen between the two of them at the, because eventually she's just like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Like I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. You know? And uh, so maybe that's kind of where it happens where hmm. she's just like, no, like I'm not learning inf- anything from you. I'm, uh, you're getting something from me really. Totally. And, and if don't, you don't pretend. Yes. Because it, it's at that point that she says, okay, I'm going to go yeah. freshen up and we're going to do this thing. And then when, when, once he doesn't want to have sex, yeah. it's like, well, sure. It's over at that point. Yeah. Yeah, what are we doing? Right, we're not eating soup. <laughs> yeah, we I'm not sitting here eating soup. I don't even like that soup. You know, this this movie had some other great moments, like him uncorking and pouring the wine. Uh, yeah. was one like just like daily life shit that I just love to see on film. I don't know why. It's, yeah, you know, there's something about it. Man, I would watch that shit a million times over than any like comic book movie mm-hmm. where so and so fights another <laughs> fucking guy in tights and trying to save New York from sure. being blown up for the trillionth time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I just feel like with, with, with those kind of movies, I just, I love, I just like seeing people in, uh, I like seeing the humanity yes. of people and, and, and just, uh, and watching people, especially when it's done so well like this, where, it's all about, you know, people's behavior and, mm-hmm. and subtlety because it's just, that's what life is. It's, yes. You know, people don't, it's not like a Christopher Nolan movie. We all don't walk out and say like, here's exactly how I'm feeling right. and here's some loud music, but. <laughs> as, the ca- <laughs> as the camera orbits. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. No, I think, and there was moments too, like when it's her point of view in the cab, looking out into into the streets of Tokyo, like that was all yeah. just, just basically documentary footage, right? Like, yeah, that was life like, just that night, how it was going. Those had to be real people that mm. he's probably just shooting with the camera. And, and uh, yeah, that again, it, it kind of has that like outsider perspective of trying to just observing it. Maybe that's a, that's kind of a perspective uh, that he kind of brings as a, a director to the movie because he's not Japanese. He's not from there. Is that he has this outsider's perspective of the, of the, of the city and everything that, uh, you know, someone that's from there might not have. There's this uh, movie that Wim Wenders did. Okay. It's called Paris, Texas. And it's shot. It's one of the most like beautiful looking movies and it, it's shot all through uh, like Texas and in, in the U S and okay. it's really interesting having this like European perspective of like America because hmm. you don't, you know, they just, they look at things a little differently and they focus on different parts of, you know, the landscapes that an American kind of just doesn't really pay attention to. And so I think there's something to be said cool. about an outsider coming into a different, uh, different land and, hmm. and kind of what, what does their gaze what captures their gaze. Sure. And uh, I think this movie has that for sure. And and it's kind of what makes it so interesting and yeah. weird and different. No, great point. Because whatever I know of Tokyo is not what I see in this movie. You yeah. Know, like you don't see the big neon downtown. You see it briefly, but those, I didn't know they had overpasses like that. And he's, yeah. you know, like, you know, you get kind of a more suburban look at times. Yeah, I think there's definitely something there where we're seeing, again, just daily life. It's There's nothing yeah. spectacular about any of this stuff. Yeah, there's zero cliches, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, oh, we're in Tokyo. We got to have a, a shot of that one really tall tower. And we got to have the, yeah, the, like the neon right. strip and everything. <laughs> and it cut to the B-roll of that. You know, <laughs> right. That you see in every movie that goes to Japan. Right. Or let's see some geishas walking along sure. in the park, right? Yeah, everybody's... You don't see any of that. No, everybody's dressed in Western wear, Western yeah. dress, basically, in this movie. There, yeah. There's nothing... Uh, oh, there's nothing that's definitely... There's nothing... Fuck, I'm losing the word. There's nothing Japanese about this movie in some ways. Yeah. There's nothing cliche, yeah. like like you said. Yeah. You know. So maybe... Totally. how How interesting that some an outsider comes to Japan, makes a movie in Japan... And nothing is cliche. It's more just human in some sense. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of, I kind of get that because when you when you travel, you know, somewhere you haven't been, mm-hmm. and and I've been lucky. Like right before COVID, I did it. I went to a couple places, and okay. uh, I brought my camera, and just you know, I found you get so inspired by just kind of exploring, mm-hmm. and you just want to like photograph everything, and it's. Uh, so I, I can't even imagine if you had the opportunity mm. to shoot a film there with, you know, God. characters, you know, it'd be, it'd be so fun. Sure and, would. Uh, yeah. That discovery, you know. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You know, I was on that note too. I, it kind of, it took a while to hit me, but the sound design in this movie is also great. Yeah. That the sounds of the city, like at one point they're in the middle of a conversation and a truck with squeaky brakes just pulls up right beside them and hits the brakes. And it's like, Yes. Yeah, thank you. Just real, real. Just throwing, just throwing you in the right in the shit, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Like what? What? I guess like when you went to bed last night or woke up this morning, what? What is that like lasting image from this movie that kind of sticks with you? Yeah, there's a couple of them. I I think 
you know, one is definitely him turning the light off for her when she ah, falls asleep. Interesting. It's just, that's literally the cover of the Criterion. Oh. So that's usually the first image that comes to my mind okay. is just like, oh yeah, that's like the movie right there. Um, hmm. Also her kind of in the cab and looking through the window and seeing the reflections of yeah. everything else. You mentioned that the overpasses, mm -hmm. um, it's the first shot when they're driving her and the old man and it's the clouds reflected on the windshield. Isn't that it's great? Like amazing. And, and then the overpass is the, what separates is what frames them in the yes. window amongst the clouds. And I'm like, Dude. was that planned or was that just a really happy accident? Like, how do you come up with that? <sighs> that is it. That's incredible. And I almost yeah. wonder if like, wouldn't the camera have almost had to have been at just the right angle to get that? For sure, and, yeah. And no, not a, maybe a filter on the lens or not, maybe not. Yeah. So that yeah, the no polarizer, right? So that the windshield is like reflecting like crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable, and that actually persists throughout kind of the middle of the film, where like they're parked in the car and like shadows or reflections on the windshield kind of frame them, and yeah, you gotta. I mean, how much of that could have been orchestrated, and how much was luck? I yeah. Don't know. I think it goes back to like we were kind of talking about that early on is is you know okay, why didn't he kind of bounce some more fill light or why didn't he soften the sun there mm -hmm. but it and it kind of connects back to that it, it gives it that like this isn't a movie they just turn this camera on these people and this is like right. real it just has that feel of it's happening and and it's like they used to say this in like film school and everything is like, you know, know the rules so that you know when not to follow the rules. Ah, so nice. even something where normally when you're doing a car shot, you're like, hey, we need to put a polarizer. We need to flag the window so we don't see reflections. Right. Where it looks like they literally just stuck it there and let it go. And totally. They, I'd be surprised if they did any any lighting on the interior of the cars. Maybe a bounce Maybe returns bounce. through a windshield, but that might be it. Right. Uh, even there, I, I doubt it because you'd probably see it in the reflections. But yeah, it seems like he was kind of going for that uh, uh, documentary style without, you know, not in the traditional handheld way, mm -hmm. but just to make it feel realistic. Yep. You know, that, that kind of feel. There's a word for it. I'm forgetting it, but there's some pretentious word. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, let me think about it. I must remember if I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's it's like times with that documentary style, but there's like a word for it. <laughs> verite. That's it. That's it. Verite. That's it. Leave it to me to remember the pretentious film <laughs> lingo. But there's times too when that camera is whether it's on. I don't know if it's like mounted on the hood with one of those mounts, like what you've worked with. But that camera is still bouncing quite a bit at times. Yeah. At times, but not always. Which I, yeah, which is interesting. It's 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 funny because I did one of those in October yeah. for a movie, and then I was looking at it. And I'm like, oh fuck! Like it has some bounce Does to it, it <laughs> and a little bit, you know. But then I go and I watch. I've watched so many more movies. I'm like, well, fucking camera's bouncing yeah. there, and and this guy's. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this shit doesn't matter. It's it like, doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it's like everyone's always like, oh, it's got to be perfect, and you know, if you know what you're doing, and you know, it's it's like. <laughs> You could justify it as long as it's like in focus and you're not complete, <laughs> that's, that's about you know, the, idiot. Right, right. That's <laughs> yeah. about the I agree with that. But like does does it does the does the hood of the car bounce? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Unless you're on a trailer yeah. and, or you're doing the process thing in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Cause but even and then it, you're gonna be you're gonna have a grip or you're gonna fake it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How yeah. do you PA shaking the end of the car or whatever? Yeah. For sure. There's like 
Uh, there's a shot in the opening of Zodiac where it's it's like this through a car okay. uh, driver's side window, okay. and it's locked off, and it's like a moving shot with the car driving. Okay, and they tried car rigging stuff, and Fincher was like, "No, it's it's got the shake in it," and he's like, "I don't want any." So they built the car oh. on a giant dolly track of rails, God. and they like almost like a train, and they put the car on there, and it, and that's interesting because. It has this weird quality to it that feels like it's everything's preordained or like uh, something bad is going to happen. Like there's like some creepy and Fincher's movies always have that feel to them where it's so perfectly tracked and smooth hmm. that you're kind of like you feel as, as if there's this power behind the camera that's aware of where these characters are going and everything that's going to happen. Totally. This movie, on the other hand, doesn't Does not have, have that. that. It's kind of like. Here's these people. It's just presenting them, mm -hmm. and you make up your own mind. You know, totally. Oh, there's a there's a point when that toward the end when the old man is in his apartment, he walks past the camera to go to the fridge, and he like his shoulder is not far from the lens, and that pan is just like, it's almost <laughs> like oh shit, like we got to move. Yeah. The old man's on the move. You know, I noticed that too. That was the one shot where I was like, oh, that one a little tight. Lost him a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than that, though, like. I think we maybe didn't really talk too much about the use of the long take. Like, yeah, the first scene, yeah. the first scene is two shots in 15 minutes, but even some of those car scenes are like, they drive from point A to point B and there's no cuts. Yeah. And the patience yeah. of this movie, it has patience. so much patience, you know, it's, it's like, fuck you. I'm going to make you watch yeah. this whole thing. I'm right. not going to cut away from this. This is real life. Mm -hmm. This is what these people are going through. You know, it, it definitely makes you, uh, empathetic, more empathetic with the characters and, mm. and connect with them in an interesting way. You kind of really feel, I don't say I, you don't feel happy at the end. You definitely feel <laughs> where they're at. Yeah. You definitely, you know? yeah. I could use a cigarette on the steps of the university <laughs> after this that's, movie, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, the first thing I wrote when I was watching, like watching that first scene, uh, Ozu, Yasujiro Ozu's films came to mind where like the, oh, camera, totally. the camera's just bolted to the ground and the scene actually might finish and the lights might go out and the camera's still rolling, you know? That's, yeah. I got that vibe. Oh man. I've only seen one of his movies, okay. but it's, it's what people say is like one of the best ones. It's, oh fuck, I forget it. Uh, Tokyo Story. Yeah. That's probably the, the one. The old, the old people. And yeah. and yeah, that's another, very similar actually. That's a good, the good point is it has that. This is it. It's a master. That's it. It's all you're right. getting for this whole scene. <laughs> oh, dude, there's, I would encourage you to like, and myself too, to go back and watch some Ozu because like I said, yeah. there's moments where like the camera is like two rooms away shooting mm -hmm. through a dark room into the room where the action is. The characters finish and turn the lights out and leave and the camera's still rolling. It's like, why? But wow. Thank you. It makes, yeah. It, it, you know, with stuff like that, it, it makes you really. I think it forces the audience to think about what they just watched. Yep. You know, and, and, uh, uh, in today's world of, uh, you know, Netflix, would you like to watch this next? Literally as like the, the credits are I know. like, don't even start. And it's like, all right, put this in a small window. Right. And what do you want to watch? We got this. <laughs> what next. now? We, yeah, we got this next. <laughs> yeah. It's so <laughs> rare to have that, that when you get that, especially with the older movies mm -hmm. like Ozu, it's like, oh, I love it. I know. Yeah. Did people, uh, people must have had patience for it back then, right? Because it was yeah. like, that was your night out before you had to go back to the factory, you know, totally. 
just give me and and, and you know it's a, definitely like audience expectations has changed mm-hmm. and and uh our patience and all that but i don't know man i feel like you can still go back and you can watch those and they just they suck you right in they really do if you if you you know you you put it in context of of what they are at the time you know and mm-hmm. and uh you can you can really you get something from from them i find it it's almost like a a nice just like enriching moment it watching is. a movie like this sometimes especially if you know you work a lot on different projects mm-hmm. you're shooting and you're like ah like you sometimes you lose the inspiration or yep. you know and and then oh i find sometimes i can just watch a really good movie like like this and i'm like mm-hmm. oh man it's so easy but it's not. It's not. <laughs> but they it's, make it seem so easy. That's it. I, I was thinking that this movie is so simple to watch. But yeah. This would have been so hard to do. Yeah. You know? He's got, he could have done like a million other things and it wouldn't have been as good. Right. But. He committed. This. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, there's two things I want to say, but I forgot one of them. So I'll ask the other one that I remember. <laughs> I, I'm known now amongst some of my friends as a guy who just. I militantly don't watch anything anymore. Like it's been a long time since I watched really got into anything. Like, yeah. You strike me as the guy who's probably a bit more engaging with the content that's coming out. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I'd say, yeah, I'm always I, like, I probably on average watch a movie a day, but oh, wow. it, yeah, it might be, um, there might be some days where I watch two or three, and then okay. there might be like two days where I don't watch any, right? But it probably sure. all works out to about one a day. So, um, yeah, I gotta ask you then, uh, maybe because now I'm in a place where I'm like I really have lost the inspiration. Like I'm getting yeah. chances to work on sets, and I'm asking to not be DP or director, and I, I'm having more fulfillment just like gripping and ACing and stuff because yeah. I seem to have personally lost my vision a little bit. I wonder yeah. what role. Maybe I should start watching some more Ozu or some more Kurosami yeah. or some more. Do you find like you need that to keep your? A hundred percent. Okay. I literally like I I had this this week where I literally, uh, I I was like fuck like what am I doing you know I'm not like I wanted I want something more you know I I I feel like you know I suck like you know you get I get those <laughs> sure. feelings oh, where yeah. I'm just like everything I shoot is shit. And I hate it. <laughs> I'm awful. Oh, I'm boy. never gonna. I'm never gonna make it. Join you the know, club. I always. Yeah. I, yeah. I get this feeling all the time. Okay. And uh, and then, but watching this movie last night, it was just like, man, God. this just looks like there's nothing crazy about the lighting. No. But it's you know, and it's like, fucking, we get so worked up about these things where it's like, what's it really about? It's about these people on on ca- on camera, and it, it's just like sometimes that allows me to kind of feel inspired again. And also listening to filmmakers on interviews or podcasts or, uh, um, uh, you know, commentaries, stuff like that can be so, uh, inspiring too, I find. But yeah, I'd say watching a lot of the, the older stuff, especially it always kind of like grounds me. I find right on. Yeah. And, and even like a, a great movie that you just love to watch, you know, like, I watched the other day, just like Mad Max, you know, nice. and it's just like, oh, this is such a great movie, right? And, you know, and, and and this is like the original, like the old one from the seventies. I'm like, okay. these guys had like toothpicks and glue, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah toothpicks and glue, and they made uh, a pretty 
cool little movie in the seventies that went on to then become this big thing. Like, yeah. And it's just like, okay, this guy just had an idea and he really stuck with it and Mm. he did what he could within his means. And it's, yeah, stuff like that. I find really inspiring. Okay. That's good to hear. It just keeps me back there. Yeah. It's good to hear that you're sick of everything you're shooting too. (laughs) Oh man. Some days you just see, yeah. And you can just see like, there's so many things getting shot and there's so much content nowadays Mm -hmm. that you kind of am like, where do I even fit in in all this? What's the point? What can I even bring to it? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, when you get something that is then exciting that you can kind of be like, I want to try this Mm -hmm. on the next thing, or maybe I could try it this way. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of gets me going too, right? By getting inspired by something else. And then you're like, okay, well this one little thing I can, I can hook on to, you know, or I really want to try that for this. And mm-hmm. that's a cool idea. And then that'll kind of, even like these things we're doing at Nate cool. and you're just interviewing all these, all these people. And it's like, you know, it can get pretty like mundane. You're just sure. interviewing all these people and you have to cut these little two minute things. But mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, you know, like what can I, what can I kind of do? That's just, so it's not just the same kind of like, here's a talking head, here's B-roll. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm like kind of just in my head, I'm trying to like think about mm. what can I do the way I edit it to make it different. Sure. You know, that can be more interesting to me and something that's different from the last thing. So totally. And, and hopefully yeah. more engaging for the viewer too, right? Yeah. That's what you'd hope. So yeah, it's a lot of that is definitely watching movies though. Okay. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. something about seeing the motion and feeling the pace of a movie and remembering this is what you're doing when you're out there yeah. shooting. Like this is, you you know, like you're putting these, it's not pieces. about, it's not always about like the, the camera you're using or the, <laughs> the close up or yes. whatever. Right. It's yeah. like, well, it's about the overall thing. It and is. Yeah. Try to narrow it down to the, the things I guess that we got in it for, at a young age, what piqued our interest right. in the first place. Cause Absolutely. that can get lost sometimes. Absolutely. For me, it was like when I was a kid, it was just, uh, making movies with my friends and okay. I was like, this is really fun. I like doing this, you know? <laughs> so it's like, if I could just keep that going right my in my life. <laughs> sure. Fall then, back in love with it. Kind of almost. Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. Like you, sometimes it, remember when movies used to really have like that magic when you're a kid and it sure. was like, how did they do that? And, <laughs> and, uh, Oh man, that would be so cool to be a part of that. And the more you get into it, you know, as you get older, you can, it's, it's, it wouldn't, you know, it's the risk that you kind of get a little too jaded and yeah, you lose that. And totally. I'm always trying to like not let that happen, even though it happens sometimes, you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just figure out ways to kind of get that, that, uh, that sense of magic back to it. Totally. And for me, a lot of it was, I fell out of love with it because I was doing too many of those shoots where it's just me. You know, people say, yeah. oh, we need a videographer. And then you get there. It's like, oh, Jesus, like we need, I need somebody. So, yeah. you know, I'm rethinking now and like trying to always bring a second pair of hands to help me out. Or, yeah, you know, if somebody's got to shoot, I'm more than happy to come in in an uh, assistant type role because that better quality in the end, right? Yeah. And it, it's so fun working with a group, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you're gonna, you get inspired by the other people and mm-hmm. it's that sense of community too happens. Right. And right. yeah, it's always fun always fun right so right on well are you working on a feature right now or where are you doing something creative or just the corporate stuff right now yeah it's, it's a lot of corporate stuff we, we're dropping a music video tomorrow that we shot in february oh perfect uh, for for kaylee jade so that, that's the one where uh, there's like <laughs> we basically like threw paint at her oh yeah and she's drenched yeah, in I it saw that. And, yeah it's pretty cool and and so that's that's coming out tomorrow and then 
we have another one that we shot a month ago uh, for Colonial Captains. They're nice. like punk rock. So that one's the one in the factory. I was, I was mentioning right, sure. the, 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 the Lights tight in tubes the and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that traditional look, right? Yes. Yes. And, uh, um, and then, uh, that one, we, we use the Steadicam and, and I haven't done cool. a lot of Steadicam, but we, we got one, uh, about a year ago. So mm. that's the first, and so does the paint one for Kaylee has it too. And the, the one for the captains was the first time I was like, okay, like I feel a little better with this. So. Uh -huh. That was kind of fun, but other than that, nice. it's a lot of a lot of stuff for Nate right now, and okay. and uh, um, some other commercial stuff that we've been kind of doing. And but like honestly, the the big one is for sure the the doc series right. is uh, still on the go. So that's the one where, you know, whenever I'm kind of feeling like oh I got nothing, I'm like well I can't forget about this project. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's pretty cool, and and you know. Who knows what will, will it, where it will go, but right. uh, it's definitely the one that I'm like still kind of like, oh, this is like cool, and I'm excited about where it's gonna go. Beauty, and that's the one on the sex trade. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've interviewed a couple more people since we last chatted for sure, and man, one of the one of the people we interviewed was um, we've started to interview like current workers now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's been really interesting because they they have a different perspective from the ones who are out of it now. And, uh, so yeah. And, and, and we interviewed a, a male who used to sell sex Wow. and yeah, it was, Jeez. that was one of the best interviews we've done. It was like the guy couldn't have been like more interesting and so well-spoken and, uh, really nice. Like the nicest guy ever. Wow. He was like, how much was the room? Like I'd love, cause we rented a studio. He's like, if you guys need help, cause I know you're doing a lot of this, like I'm happy to pay for the studio. I'm like, Oh no, it's, it's okay, man. I like, got tons of money. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm like, honestly, you just participating in it is, is mm -hmm. good enough. So, but yeah, that's ongoing and cool, man. Yeah. What's the plan there just to keep shooting, I, keep compiling. Yes. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we have a, uh, an assistant editor and she's really great. She just graduated Nate recently. Nice. And, and so she's been like cutting down the interviews, Beauty. um, to like, just the selects, you okay. know, and, and, uh, so that's like saved so much time on, uh, on that end. And, uh, she'll be involved still with the editing once we kind of get into that. But Justin's like now really starting to build the plan for the episodes. Cool. And, uh, so I think in the next like month, we're really going to start diving into structuring it all. And then, uh, we got to, uh, obviously I think like further down, we'll be probably need to do some more B roll shoots and stuff like that so yeah like i'd love to get you involved in that for sure absolutely that'd man be sweet yeah that'd be yeah. fun i saw you were mm -hmm. shooting a little bit of b-roll just around town right yeah whenever i'm like bored <laughs> nice <laughs> or or driving home from from something and i i see like a cool shot nice uh i was leaving the interview last week that we shot and and then i was like oh that's a really nice sunset with the power line so i just like pulled over and i grabbed that and uh there's a motel or something. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's so ah, fun. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh, totally. That's yeah. cool. I love that you're just doing it without a thought to what it's going to be or who's going to, yeah. who's going to buy it or how am I going to make money off it? It's like, just totally. tell the story, right? That's where the value is. Yeah. And then, and then hopefully someone's interested enough. Right. Have you seen, uh, uh, do you have Crave or HBO? I don't know. There's a, there's a QAnon documentary. Oh no. And, uh, <laughs> It is so good. This okay. guy, like, he basically interviews all the key players in it, and wow. it is so revealing. It's six episodes on Crave HBO, um, and 
I was honestly like, oh, is this each episode's an hour? I'm like, this is going to be one of those ones that peters off after four episodes. But I'm like, I wanted more. I was like, there was so much. I felt like they could have talked even more about it. So Um, do you get a sense of what's going on? Like, what is, how do they try and play it off? Because to me, I went to a a protest when I was shooting for the news back in February. I think I was texting you and there was some QAnon-ish type people there and like, I'm like, this is not politics. These people are yeah. are mentally ill, or they're looking for yeah. a cause of any kind. So is that, how does that come off? It it's it's really interesting that they draw the conclusion that all these things are all tied into the same source mm. of where it all started was this guy on four chan or eight chan, <laughs> and it's all all the anti mask, all the anti. Uh, wow. Uh, you know all these like sure. mentalities of everything that you're seeing nowadays all really draws back to initial ideas that sparked with uh with this QAnon guy unfortunately by the end of yeah and by the end of it you kind of know who it is it's really interesting, interesting. i kind of want to yeah. see that i'm so fascinated by you know we're dealing with things on a political level but there's that sub level of just people being they're lost in a lot of ways looking for yeah. something to grab onto Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because it doesn't uh, the tone of the documentary is not one where it talks down to these people cool. either, and it, it's it's very like level headed in that way, which I really appreciated because I'd hate to watch something that's all just like oh look at these idiots, right. oh, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean it's sure that's almost too easy. It's like obviously yeah. some of them are idiots. I'm an yeah, idiot. Yeah. We're all idiots on some level. Exactly. Right? Let me make up my own mind by right. the end. Right. But yeah, I agree. They're still dumb though. Yeah. It just is really weird. It seems like this, uh, it's almost like a, just a fun game that a lot of people are playing, hmm. but then it, it has like these real world consequences, you know? And it's, well, yeah, clearly yeah, when there's people storming into the Capitol building. Or... Yeah. Oh, and the guy was there. The documentary filmmaker oh, was wow. at the Capitol. Oh, so so is... he's literally on the ground yes. and like the people you've been following for like six episodes are there with him at the oh thing God. and i'm like wow this is like can Fresh. you imagine being that guy and you're like i know the ending <laughs> yes <laughs> i got it yeah and you're probably not doing anything to, to like dissuade them they're like we're thinking about storming the-. it's like yeah interesting yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. interesting yeah what do you think's gonna happen why yeah that's <laughs> yeah. great yeah totally yeah oh dude is oh. that so is it like a well-known filmmaker who did that or is just I'm not sure. I did see, uh, I think it's Adam McKay was one of the executive okay, producers. Sure. Uh, so there's that connection. Right. And, uh, but no, I, I, as far as I know, I, I don't think so, but he's been on, he's been shooting it since like 2017 or wow. 2018. So he's been on it for years. That's awesome. That's someone it's who weird. had he, a, yeah, a little bit of luck, but also got his, got, I mean, I guess when Trump started right. being Trump, he kind of probably realized, okay, there's a subculture here, right? Of, My connection. I can still hear you. Can you still hear me? Uh, turn my Wi-Fi back on. Come on. There we go. Gotcha. Okay, good. It's all right. Sweet. I'm still rolling. So Okay, good. Right. <laughs> I can clip that out. That's no problem. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like you were saying about uh about Trump there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How cliche, as you were saying about yeah. Trump. As you're yeah. saying about Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like he literally got in at uh, in 2017. So he he probably was like, this is something. 
but he probably had no right. idea where, where it was, it was gonna going to go. Right, how insane it would truly get. Oh, man. Yeah, there's some interesting twists and turns in it. Hey, did you see Vice with Christian Bale? I didn't see that. Oh, okay, just curious. Yeah, that's I, Adam McKay, right? It is. That's what made me think of it. Yeah. Just because uh, I saw it a long time ago, but I know it came on Netflix recently, so a lot of people were talking about it again, but uh, no worries, just a sidebar yeah i might i'll have to check that out it's worth it because i've been i've been meaning to for a mm-hmm. while i really loved uh what was the one before that he did big short yeah, yeah. i love big short that was great it's just like different right like a different approach to a narrative yeah i love the style with the where it has like that kind of um it's, i don't know like just the editing the way it kind of mm-hmm. you feel like you're just capturing glimpses of things and then it, all of a sudden you're in the next scene and i don't know it just has a really interesting pace to it totally and this has yeah. that too and also like yeah. different modes like there's the whole scene where they speak in shakespearean english <laughs> and there's there's a voice over at parts it's like yeah it's like that that's cool it's yeah it's not the film we're talking about which is like this romantic hypnotic art film but it's it's a much more american approach i guess yeah it's almost for com- sure. it's almost comedic in a way yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Sam, I uh, I think we've talked it into the ground. I th- unless you had anything more about that film, I th- Matt, uh, no, I don't think so. That was uh, that was a great. I uh, I'll have to listen back to this one sure. to to uh, <laughs> make sure that we kind of nailed it. But I, I don't know. I felt like mm-hmm. it was a really interesting movie, and uh, yeah, people should check it out. Definitely, it's like someone yeah. in love. It's on iTunes. Like I said, Sam mm-hmm. will lend you his DVD. Just got to ask. That's right. Very That's right. very reasonable. <laughs> you got the music video coming out tomorrow, huh? I should maybe try. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and hustle this podcast out tonight and then it would. Oh, that'd be sick. And then you could do a little. Well, do you want yeah. to talk a bit about that music video then maybe? Yeah. Kaylee. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a really, uh, I don't know what the genre is, how you describe it, but it's, uh, she's basically in front of this giant white canvas mm. and all this, paint just gets thrown on her and then she's like on the canvas moving it around and you know the lyrics are all about it's called painless and it's the lyrics are all about kind of like you know you know look what you made me do and like Mm. this mess it's you know about like a breakup and a relationship you know so it's really cool and and uh yeah it's it's unlike anything else that we've kind of made before you know and it's definitely like one of the brightest things I've ever shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, so where'd you shoot it? And, uh, she, in her, uh, her parents live in, uh, out in the sticks and okay. they have this huge garage space. So she put this big canvas up and then plastic on the sides and laid down plastic and just threw paint everywhere. And That's... it was a, it was a mess, but we didn't have to clean it up. That her, is excellent. Her, her boyfriend and her parents did it. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> My, uh, my, um, my, uh, light, the light grid on my dome still has a nice little spot of paint. Oh, nice. It, a little memory. <laughs> I always remember. Yeah. yeah. You have that aperture, that big, or the Godox, right? Is that what you yeah, have? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have like, I have a fake aperture light that sure. I just scrambled together. And I think Gabe has the same one. I love I that. Like, light. Dude, just, just get this one. It's cheap. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's get the same thing. It is. Yeah, it is. And, uh, um, yeah, it's great. It, it was oh, like a thousand bucks, and then the dome I got was like two hundred or something. And uh, yeah, it, it's a great soft key light in a tight space. Right. 
That's what they should have yeah. used on like someone in love. Cause <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm an asshole. That cinematographer is a pro. I looked him up. He, he shot a, he actually shot the grudge too. If you can believe that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This must've been so interesting for him to just be like, let's work with like found lighting. Right. Practicals. Right. I, I was looking at in the apartment. Mm-hmm. I think they must've had. You think? Above above the living room and then above the dining room set. Probably. They must have had a little soft light that was skirted mm. to kind of focus in on the on okay. that zone. But that was probably it. It looked like everything else was like it looked all like it was top heavy lighting, you know. Okay. Yeah. Top heavy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I was on a shoot, uh I went up to Cold Lake at the start of the month and Chase was DPing yeah. on this thing and they built the sets. And but he had some three hundreds kind of placed uh, in a grid around the top of a living room set. Yeah, it just it's for that evenness, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. Cool. So he was like, he had like a big grid, and then he's shooting all these lights into it. Right? Yeah, it wasn't even that much of a grid. Like, uh, what's it, uh, Liam Liam Erickson? I think was the gaffer, and he just rigged up just kind of on the edge of the sets, just three yeah. or four of these three hundreds just spilling in cool yeah and makes sense right right. it's like a nice even kind of soft light throughout right because that's how a living room looks somehow or at least that's how we would think it would look yeah that's like our interpretation on movies that's how it should look right Right. like a light on a stand isn't gonna and then you're screwed because then there's a light on a stand that you have to yeah compete with that's why it's like when you're doing it with like one light and no money, it's like just bounce it into a ceiling, right? Yeah. Oh man, I know. I used to do that and then I saw an article that was like never bounce a light off the ceiling. It means yeah. it means you don't know what you're doing. I was like, damn it. Yeah. Now I never that was do my it. go to. Yeah, shit. But that's all I did in film school right. and in my early part of my career. I was like, that's it. But it's also like if you just want ambient light falling down on people in a small space. Yeah. What do you, I mean, you're going to want bounce. I mean, the ceiling is great bounce. It <laughs> it's is. a big white it bounce is. board. And now they have like, uh, well, they have things you can do like the, the gem. Oh. Uh, that little thing that you can stick on the end of your light. Okay. Uh, on your aperture light. And that kind of has the same idea and you can skirt half of it if you want. Mm. And that does that nice even kind of, and you can stick up really high. And, right. So that would probably have a similar kind of look. But yeah, like, I mean, in a perfect world, you're doing something like with what Chase did there that's that's pretty cool yeah that's the move that's yeah. the move how did you like this music video then um yeah this one it was uh um i think in a perfect world it would be cool if we had like a giant jib arm you know to kind of have a light kind of floating above mm. like that same idea mm-hmm. but we didn't have that and and so what i did is i literally i just had the the dome just kind of up above okay the um uh what's it called the canvas mm-hmm. and just kind of coming in kind of behind into the side of her mm. and then i just did like on the opposite end i had another kind of like a soft led mat okay and kind of just brought a little bit of a return that way gotcha and i think that was really it i may have had something else on the wall but yeah that's cool i've heard of, so you're saying like a fill light you're calling that a return that's kind yeah. of neat. Yeah, some I've heard it I've heard like some people say return. And I remember when I first heard that, I was like, what? Uh-huh. Like, can you go get me a return? I'm like, uh oh. What? <laughs> like a bounce board. I'm like, oh. Uh. Uh, so that isn't that another funny thing working on sets with people who are more experienced and there's a there's a whole lingo that if yeah. that if you don't know that lingo, 
you're kind of out in the cold some days. And then like different regions have different oh, words for things too. Like it could mean something else in New York versus Edmonton. Oh. Even Calgary probably has its own thing. Right. Vancouver. And it's kind of like, just tell me what you want. Like just, yeah. just, just yeah. say you want whatever you want. Oh man, that was the worst thing when I was starting out in my early 20s. And I was uh, like a lamp hop on a, on a feature in okay. town. And always just like coming on the headset and being like, Sam, can you get a, you know, whatever, like a, get me a, an inky. Oh, and I'm like, what the, I, and it's like, you don't want to, you're like, what's an inky? You don't want to go on the headset with all, everyone's on it and be like, what's an inky? <laughs> so you're like, you go up to like the best boy and you're like, what's an inky? Right. It's, <laughs> is it like the little 150 Ari? Yeah. It's like a little, yeah. Those and then, and awesome. then some days. And some people will just be like, oh, get me a, a 150 yeah. on a stand, oh. you know? Thank so you that's like, for speaking it's English. Like, Thanks, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those yeah. things are, those, man, uh, I don't know. The more I see, the more I realize how it is all about light and yeah. having that variety of light in your kit, like we were saying before, the tubes, the panels, yeah. the big soft dome key light. You need it all in some some days. Oh, man, I know. and And I feel like talking with, with other other guys of just about this stuff is kind of like oh that's a great idea you know that's something i'm missing that's what i need to get i need to think about that more right. you know and when i'm lighting and and yeah it really is about having that and making those kind of like decisions early on like i did this thing in black and white back in october or oh, november yeah, I remember that yeah and, and and that was kind of like okay lots of hard light lots of obvious backlight okay something that and if i was shooting something modern in color i'd be like this is like stupid lighting <laughs> it's just like why is this backlight so intense but when you're shooting something in black and white and you want that that noirish kind of old hollywood look mm -hmm. it made sense to kind of go for that so i kind of made that decision early on i'm like i'm going to use like my fake re lights that i have nice. from china oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and just i'm going to use those again i haven't used them in a while nice. but they're cool and they have a different look from you know an led or a mat or something right so hard right like yeah. they're, they're they're focused and they're they're yeah. hard yeah totally did you when you graded that did you just desaturate it or you did more than that didn't you uh yeah we shot it in color oh. and 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 because yeah then then um when I when I brought it into Resolve, um, if you go into black and white mode when you're color grading, mm -hmm. you can change the hues and the saturations of the colors within the black and white. Oh so I could push, I could change like the lumina, the lum, ugh, what's it called? The uh, luminosity. Yeah, or lu yeah, luminance, luminance, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> luminosity, isn't that an app or something? <laughs> totally. I, yeah, I, could, I could change the luminance value of like red, okay. you know, and bring that down. And that would make her lips really dark, ah. right? In black and white. You know, the contrast between her skin and her lips would be like way more intense. That's cool. Or, you know, you could adjust the the, the wall color if the wall was green. You know, changing that mm -hmm. would then like make the walls darker. So having that ability to play with the colors within black and white changes your contrast to kind of, you could push things around and really get an interesting look that way. That's really cool. And, yeah, and then I did like uh, uh, after doing that, and then obviously like you're just kind of then adjusting your your light and contrast levels. Mm -hmm. Then I would uh, I spit that out of Resolve, and then did like a noise reduction pass on it to kind of get rid of just I didn't want any of that digital noise in it. No. So I took that out, and uh, and then I did another pass of 
film grain on top of it. Oh, cool. And I built in, yeah, and then I built in this, like, um, I, I had this le- this other layer of, like, a flicker kind of thing oh, really? that I overlaid so it just kind of, it's really subtle but it just gives it a little something and then that was kind of like all tied it together into that kind of piece neat uh, we might yeah. have to talk again because i'm just finishing a feature with uh with my friend Faisal, and he, he yeah it's based on those old 70s italian horror movies those giallo movies that he oh, as he calls I love those oh you do oh, oh man okay. i got you want me to go get grab a few i got oh, some oh please me. do <laughs> maybe we should review one of those next oh Please, I love them. They're like my uh, guilty pleasure for sure. Except I don't feel that guilty. No, no, I, I, I would. Yeah. I mean, you feel the pleasure though, right? Like. Oh yeah, with some of those, especially Fulci. Okay, so we we shot that on a Black Magic, so it's like it's all very flat right now. So yeah. I guess the move is to start boosting the saturation. Pull, there's not much noise, but pulling out that digital noise, but then maybe putting film grain on as we've entertained totally. that idea before. I would do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, they're, I find with those, they're heavy contrast, high level of grain because a lot of them were like shot on two perf technoscope film, Okay. which was smaller, but then was blown up to 35 or it was a smaller 35 millimeter frame. Okay. It was like a way for them to save money sure. is that they <laughs> could right. fit more images on uh, a sheet on a single thing of film okay. by, so it would like reduce how much they'd actually shoot through. That's great. And, uh, and, and so it has this like unique look to it, hmm. especially in the, the texture of it. Um, cool. I'll send you, I'll send you some high res, uh, images once sure. Blu-ray.com is back up. <laughs> if you want to reference okay. for, uh, for color and all that, that's what I do. A lot of the time I'll literally throw them up on the same timeline and look at oh, wow. the hues and everything and be like, okay, so Ah. Yeah, get something close to that. Yeah. You're a wizard, man. You're in love with all uh, aspects of the process. I love it. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it's inspired me to kind of get my shit together a little bit and fall back in love with, because seeing that movie last night was like, this is why yeah. I'm here. This is why you're here in some ways, right? Yeah, for sure. You just got to have fun with it. And yeah. Yeah. Right Try on. Try to find the inspiration with whatever kind of stuff you're working on at the moment and you do. even if it's some bullshit kind of little corporate thing <laughs> or some boring kind of thing right? right then it's like oh just try to find something that you can be like that's cool right because we're lucky yeah. to be doing this for a living you know i know i have to keep telling myself that it's like yeah i'm not in hollywood you know shooting feature films or mm-hmm. these big things that right. you dream about when you're a kid but i'm also like man the fact that i can still be doing this though and live my life and comfortably is absolutely is, that's that's what you want well that's yeah. it right on sam so well, the that music video that's coming out yeah kaylee jade is her name kaylee jade it's called painless it drops tomorrow on friday what is that 20 friday the 23rd and where can we see that yeah you can see it on youtube okay and i think she's going to be hosting it all over so Sweet. yeah, just type in on YouTube painless Kaylee Jade and I'll be throwing it up on Facebook too and all that. Perfect. So. And that's Sam Reed film on Instagram, I think. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. Wow. So I'll be, I'll put a little link on there too. Probably. Sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll link to that tomorrow or whenever. Do you, do you know when Sweet. it's coming out? Like right in the morning or? I think probably in the morning. Yeah. So cool. even if like, you know, it's, if you put this out on the weekend or whatever, sure. you know, backlink to yeah, it, that's fine. Yeah. All right. And Gorilla Motion Pictures where you're doing your other creative stuff with Justin. 
Yeah, yeah, we're still chugging away at stuff. Cool. I I was yeah. talking to Justin. I hope he doesn't feel excluded. We have to get him on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come back for a three way conversation about some movie next time. I'm down. Absolutely, Sam. Yeah. yeah, we should do. We should try to do these more. I think we I, have I love. To. Once, I love it. Yeah. Once a month seem reasonable to you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, your choice. You can choose the next one. I guess it's just a matter Sweet. if I can find it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we can watch it together. Would that be weird? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You can come over. We'll make some popcorn. Oh, I love it. We'll have to wear a mask yeah. and social media. Yeah. Wear your mask. Sit in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It'd be like being in a theater. I'm, exactly. I'm behind you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Kicking my chair. Yeah. Put your, turn your phone off. Yeah. 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 Please stop texting. <laughs> Don't be a Tommy texter. They <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Cineplex. When was the last time you saw a movie in the theater? I saw Mank in November. November? <laughs> yeah, I went. They were showing Mank at the South End Cineplex, and I'm such a Fincher fan that okay. I knew. And I was like, I was like, told my girlfriend, I'm like, we're going. I don't care. I don't care. Oh shit, I lost you again. Did you I'm wear sad. a mask the whole time? Back. No. There we go. Okay, sorry, I lost you oh, for that's a right. sec. But yeah, I uh, I went I went back and. Uh, or I went there, we went there and watched it. And yeah, you had to wear a mask, but we took it down when we were eating popcorn. Right. So, yeah. I think in October, I saw Possessor at West Edmonton Mall. Oh, cool. God, did you ever see I, that? That's I want to. You have to. You will love it. Yeah. It's Brandon Cronenberg. It is. And he's just and like his, dad. <laughs> yeah, just like dad. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, you love it. And we could talk about sweet. that, maybe. Yeah, that would be a good one to do. Yeah, totally. Right on. Right on, dude. Sam, man, I took up enough of your time. That was fun. That was fun. That was great. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review. Mm -hmm.